welcome everybody on a Friday. Trash Talk with Tony Brownski is underway with yours truly. It's great to have you in here on the show today. And welcome to episode two of Tiger Talk with Tyler. Joining me as per the usual is Tyler Sawa. How are you today, Tyler? I'm doing well. How are you doing, Tony? I'm doing good. I'm very excited to do episode two of Talking Tigers with Tyler because, uh, listen, episode one did very well last week. Thank you, everybody, for the nice comments and support on that first episode. It was a lot of fun for me and Tyler to do, and I'm happy to be back for episode two. So, Tyler, you ready to go? Yes, sir. We have a lot to talk about uh, from what happened around everything with the Tigers this week as far as the big league squad and you know some minor league stuff as well. So, yeah, I'm definitely excited to get into this. Yeah, so what we did last week, I think that's a good format for us to follow going forward. We'll start the first 20 or 30 minutes talking about the big league team, and then we'll end the episode spending some time going down to the farm and talking about the minors. Again, that's what we did last week. I enjoyed that. I thought it was a good flow for the episode, so that's what we are going to do going forward, and that's how we're going to start today's program. But before we even get into the big league team, Tyler, you know we got to talk about what happened on Tuesday night. Because <laughs> yeah. we, we did go to Comerica Park on Tuesday night. It was me, you, and then the other guys from the Trash Talk crew, which would be Eli Bashy, Mike Billica, Grant Richards, and Jay Horn. But also, we just had so many other people join us <laughs> in Section 104, which, shout out to Robin Christian, man. Those two are awesome. I always love going to Tiger games with them, and they were a ball on Tuesday nights. Which, by the way, free sponsorship, Marcus Grill, 25 of Van Dyke. Go check it out. <laughs> and if Christian is your server, tell him that we sent you. <laughs> but, no. Tell him to give you a discount, too. <laughs> well, if Robbie Grossman goes, he's definitely going to get a discount because... Uh, <laughs> a discount or a free meal? A fr- yeah, screw a discount. A free <laughs> meal. Christian was yelling at him, everything is on me. <laughs> You're not gonna pay you're not gonna pay a dollar when you come and I'm your waiter. <laughs> oh my goodness. But no, Tyler, Tuesday night was incredible. What what would you say was your favorite moment from Tuesday night that we can't say on the podcast because there were a lot of things that happened that we <laughs> we probably shouldn't mention. It's not necessarily PG, I'll say that. I would say my favorite thing on Tuesday is actually what happened in the game itself, and um, it's just Eric Haas kind of just continuing his his you know his hotness. You know he he's he's continuing to just stay hot, man. Hit another home run in the top or the bottom of the first inning for the Tigers, and you know just a good win for the boys. Um, Matthew Boyd kind of had a bounce back game for him. Uh, his stuff wasn't all there, but I mean he fought through it and you know gave the team six really quality innings and. It was just really cool to see him kind of get back on track, and you know, hopefully we can see more consistent starts from him. And then obviously just the atmosphere from the crowd itself, like it's insane. You know, that was the first game where uh, it, it was no cap on fans and you know no social distancing, no mask, whatever. Right? It was just kind of cool to see, you know, the fans. I'm not gonna say necessarily like when they were like really good. It wasn't like a packed house by any means. It was a Tuesday night probably roughly around a little over 9,000 fans, which just isn't much. But I, I think we just saw, like, the fans just kind of rally behind the team, and it was just really cool to see. Um, I, I don't know. It, it was just – it felt normal again. Like, it, it didn't feel like like we were in a pandemic anymore. It just kind of felt like this is what we're, you know, we're used to. We're at a ball game watching the Tigers, no restrictions, like not too many people wearing masks. It, it just, it just kind of felt more normal and – a Tigers win, I don't know, it, it was great to me, so that, that's something I really enjoyed about Tuesday night. 
it was not by any means a full crowd. I know that was the first game that, you know, they're promoting full capacity. It was not sold out for Mariners Tigers on a Tuesday night. No. But I, I think the number was around 9,000. I think you are correct around that part. But still, the, the crowd was absolutely electric. And I think we had a good part to play in that. Not to toot our own horn here, but... Section 104 was alive, man. <laughs> Apparently the whole stadium heard us. <laughs> I, I, I have confirmation from the first baseline, the third baseline, left field, and around the press box behind home plate that we were heard around there. <laughs> so uh, that's pretty much the whole stadium that heard us. <laughs> and it was a great game to be at, Tyler, as you mentioned. Um, you can never complain about seeing a Tigers win. You can never complain about seeing Boyd pitch better which, you know, he's been struggling as of late to see him go out there and give up uh, no earned runs in six innings because that one run he gave up was unearned. It was on a Jonathan Scope fielding error. Um, that was definitely ideal. It was good to see Eric Haas stay hot, which you mentioned, and we will talk more about in a second here. But also, man, shout out to Robbie Grossman. Shout <laughs> out to the outfield, man. Even like Derek Hill when he was playing center field. Oh. He- he, he was, you know, really kind to the fans. That's another thing I really enjoyed, too, is just, like, the players on the Tigers' side embracing it. Like, Robbie Grossman, I think, like, threw up literally every single warm-up ball to the, you know, to the stands because, you know, we were, you know, cheering him on, obviously, all game long. And, you know, I think one of the brightest moments, I forgot to mention this, was there was a little kid probably – I want to say like six, seven years old, maybe maybe even five. I don't know, something around He was age. young. He was, he was probably young. five or six, yeah. And, you know, the crowd in our section was just like, we need to get this kid a ball. And I think within the first inning he came, because I think he came like around the second, third inning, within the first inning he came and Robbie Grossman was out there, the kid got the ball, and it was just like sweet that like we kind of had an impact of the kid having, you know, getting a ball. And, like, it was his, like, first Tiger game. I think his parents said, like, that, you know, maybe he'll probably remember. So, like, I just thought it was a really cool moment as well for that. And the guy who was sitting next to us, Josh, he got a picture of that, too. I put it on my Instagram story. It, it was perfect. <laughs> it was so perfect because, like Tyler said, we saw the little kid there. And I'm like, we got to get that kid a ball, man. This is probably his first game. And, you know, sure enough, when I talked to his dad afterwards, he was like, it's not technically his first game, but it'll be the first game that he remembers. So, yeah, I was like, we got to get this kid a ball. So it was around like the second or third inning. Um, I just, you know, you know how loud I get. I screamed. I'm like, Robbie, there's a kid here. We got to get him a ball. And Robbie just kind of like. He, like, looked around a little bit, and then I think he, like, threw his glove up in the air and, like, tipped his hat to, like, acknowledge that, yeah, we're going to get him a ball. So next uh, – the next half inning in the top of the inning, Robbie comes out. He's done throwing warm-ups. He comes running up to the kid, throws him a ball. 104 just went nuts. It was, it was so good. It was an amazing moment. It was just an amazing moment. That I, was, I, that was I the highlight remember. of the night for me for sure. Yeah, it was an amazing moment. Yeah, getting that kid a ball. That kid had a hell of a night, by the way. He got a Robbie Grossman ball, and then and, yeah, and, and like Comerica has like these mystery bags. Like they're like um, the, the athletic shop, whatever. It's like a little like shop, I believe, in like the third baseline or like left field somewhere around there. And they have like these mystery grab bags, like thirty bucks. And you, I've opened a couple of them, and usually you just get some random foul ball or some ball in the dirt. And it's like okay, cool. This kid got a Casey Mize freaking signed ball. I was jealous of that. It's <laughs> unreal. I was jealous of that. He, Him and his dad were gone for a little while, and they came back, and 
um, he was talking to you about that, and then yeah. you like tap my shoulder. And you're like, the Robbie Grossman kid got a Casey by side ball, and I'm like, what? <laughs> I want a Casey by side ball. What the heck? For that's thirty awesome. bucks. Freaking thirty bucks. That's that's a steal, man. Hey, shout out to the Robbie Grossman kid. That <laughs> that kid had a blast. Had technically his first Tigers game. I know his parents had a great time as well. Um, it's, it's something that was cool too. His parents said, like, you know, next time we come to the game, we're gonna like yes. make sure buy tickets at one hundred four. Yes, so, like, that's yes, like, cool. yes. Would they? Um, I don't know if it was like the mom or maybe like an aunt or something, but um, yeah, she mentioned that next time we come to a game, we're coming to one hundred four, and I'm like. That's what I'm talking about. And, Tyler, speaking of that, you told me something last night about 104. And I would like for you to repeat that right now if you remember what I'm talking about. Yeah, so I went to a, I went to the Tigers game. I went solo on on Thursday day game. I'm like, I want to catch a tan or a burn and what ended up happening. But I wanted to catch some sun, and I wanted to watch the Tigers game. So the only, like, you know, way to do that was going to the game because I wasn't going to go outside of my house and – have my phone burn up so I, I went to the game and I went early enough where like you know the players start stretching and warming up or whatever and I went by the third baseline where they warm up and uh, Robbie Grossman's just signing autographs whatever right so I, I, I'm talking to Robbie uh, like a couple fans over there so like you could talk to them it was a pretty normal conversation it wasn't anything like Tuesday night where we're yelling at him but uh, <laughs> so I'm talking to <laughs> Robbie talking. free food on me at Marcus Grill 25 and no, yeah, like, 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 it was just like a way more chiller vibe <laughs> just a way more chiller vibe and I, I, I just like tell Robbie I'm like were we loud enough for you on Tuesday and you know did you enjoy our company he goes yes I love you guys so I mean just you know get in the insurance from Robbie Grossman like that and we kind of knew that already but just getting the extra insurance from Robbie Grossman saying he loves us and that like we were loud enough for him and like it, it was just awesome so yeah not only does Robbie Grossman love us but another thing that I want you to kind of mention here last night and this is going back to the the family saying like they're going to buy tickets at 104 next time that they go you and I were talking last night and you said that you your dream for 104 is for this to not just be like a one-time thing. Like you want this to kind of be like Yankee Stadium. So kind yeah. of talk about what you mean by that really quickly, because I think I, I would love for this to happen, but I'll let you explain. Yeah, so not necessarily just 101 or 104. I mean, sorry, uh, just kind of more of like Comerica Park in general. Like I want this place to be kind of like a Yankee Stadium, where like. You know, I, I guess it, it goes more into right field because, you know, that's what the Yankee Stadium is really known for. It's like, you know, just like always like getting behind Aaron Judge, whoever's playing out there, if it's Clint Frazier or whoever's out there or whatever, right? They just get behind their guys and it's just like you, you feel like the players really appreciate that. Like, you know, the players are like behind it. Like, you know, it's just like that's their you know position. Like that's something that they want to play for. And I just kind of want Comerica to be that place where like, you know, players feel appreciated and feel love and like and, and opposing teams just don't want to play here because we're gonna get in your guys' head and we're gonna be loud, you know. Like I want Comerica to be a vibe. I want like people to come from an opposing stadium, like from a different city and they're like, Man, these Comerica fans, these Tiger fans, they're they're loyal, they're loud and you know, they stand behind their fans. Like these last five years for the Tigers have been really, really rough. And I know the, the capacity and, like, the fans that have attended Tiger games have obviously not been as good um, compared to, like, when they were, like, really good back in, like, 2014, 2013, 2012, back then. I I think we just got to 
look at look at it more with an optimistic you know mindset and just kind of be get behind these guys man i mean like i I, i'm choosing to be more optimistic about this team and just kind of see more light to the end of the tunnel with this team so i just kind of want comerica to be you know that place where you know opposing or i mean tiger players just end up loving you know they want to play for these fans and you know they always say that but like i want it to be like a thoughtful message and i think we're slowly doing that and i hope it kind of continues more of a trend you know, I have had a ton of people, whether it would be on Twitter, Instagram, or TikTok, that have said to me that they're going to buy tickets to Section 104, <laughs> and they're going to go nuts. <laughs> so I'm hoping they're not capping. I'm hoping that they're actually going to keep the 104 tradition alive, even when we aren't there. But when we are there, because we will be going back to games this season... It's going to be a blast, man. <laughs> it's going to be such a blast. And the Tigers are playing a lot better as of late. You know, we mentioned last week, we spent a lot of time talking about the fact that they were 14 and 13 in the month of May. And now so far in June, they're still winning games. They're coming off a series win against Seattle. It's a series that they, they should have swept Seattle. But, you know, <laughs> Jake Fraley made one of the catches of the year <laughs> in the bottom of the ninth. That's neither here or there. We still got the series win. But the Tigers are playing better covid the restrictions are starting to get lifted all around us comerica park is now kind of going back to normal you know tyler mentioned um you know there's no mask requirement especially outdoors anymore um if you're not vaccinated i think you need a mask when you go indoors to like the d shop or something but if you're outdoors no mask at all um obviously no capacity restrictions either no zip ties on the seats anymore which might have broken oh, a few seats remember that no, seat in front I, of I us mean, that... <laughs> I, I, I saw i saw a female just absolutely just sit on the zip tie and then just snap <laughs> snap yeah no more zip ties at comerica park anymore yeah, so we don't have to worry about that yeah that, that that's that's what i was going to talk about the point is we're getting back to normal at comerica park the boys are playing better go out there have a good time don't don't do what we're seeing in NBA games. Just have a good time heckling, okay? And support the boys, okay? Support Robbie in right field or whoever else might be in right field that day. Even if it's no Marmazara, you know, oh, support the <laughs> support the boys out there. Have a good time. If you're old enough, throw back a couple cold ones. Enjoy yourself. That's what we did on Tuesday night, and it was a, a lot of fun, man. It was a lot of fun. To wrap up this Tuesday night talk, Tyler, what was your favorite chant from Tuesday night? Oh. Uh, <laughs> my favorite chant on Tuesday night. Probably just the, you know, just the normal Robbie Grossman chant. I think those were the loudest. Those were absolutely the loudest. Um, we had a lot of good chants on Tuesday night. We had the Robbie chants. We had uh, Jose, 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 That was Jose. really good. <laughs> and that he was locked down was even better. It was so good. Because um, Mike is a Canadians fan, and he wanted to do like an ole, 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 ole. I'm like, we're not doing an ole chant, Mike. So what if we improvise here and do a Jose, 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 Jose? <laughs> it was a hit. It was a hit. Um yeah, I enjoyed the Jose chant. I think the Derrick Hill chant might have been, uh, obviously outside of the Robbie Grossman chant, I think the Derrick Hill chants were good too because oh, yeah, for sure. we'll, we'll talk about this later, but Derrick Hill, uh, before he unfortunately got hurt, he was a lot of fun to watch, and he made some nice plays defensively in his time up here, and specifically on Tuesday. And Section 104, let him hear it. We did some Derrick Hill chants, and he kind of like – 
like you know did that like chess that nod, yeah. yeah that chess pat whatever to like the heart or whatever to you know kind of signify like hey i appreciate it guys i appreciate it <laughs> uh, yeah it was a good time but i lied one last thing we gotta mention about uh, sexual 104 on tuesday nights Tyler, the wave, man. <laughs> the wave. This is going normal now. No, it, it's it's normal at this point, but it got to a point where the beat writers were talking about it. <laughs> oh my goodness, that was that was a blast. So we've gotten the wave going multiple times around Comerica Park. We've gotten the wave going around LCA, and we've gotten it going around world famous Toledo. <laughs> world famous Toledo. Which wave? Have we done that is your favorite so far? For me, it's still the 20 rounds around Comerica. The when, game versus Casey. Yeah, we got that We got that wave going, no joke, at least 20 times. It, it was absolutely nuts. It made me a little mad that the beat writers on Tuesday night were like, oh, this, I think this is the first wave since uh, 2019. That's a lie. I promise you it's not because Tyler and I literally got that thing going 20 times around Comerica Park earlier this year. But... Tyler, the wave creator, what's your favorite wave that we've done? I think it honestly was just from Tuesday because of, like, our section. Because I think Mm. we had the whole section behind it. Like, not that our section wasn't behind it before. No, they were really behind it But, like, our section really, really was behind it from Mm -hmm. the get-go. Like, you know, usually you have to, like, say it a couple times to to get it going. Yeah. It it really just felt like the first time it it just got going, you know? Because once other people start to do it, that's when others are like, okay, they're doing it. Let's do it. Yeah. Unless you're sexual 105, that's neither here or there. <laughs> but no, that's again, a, that's, a that's a that's a story for another day. But again, shout out to sexual 104 to the trash talk crew to Rob and Christian and everyone else that I met on Tuesday night. It was a blast. That was one of the more fun games. Period. Not just Tigers games. Games. Period. That I've went to the amount of people that I met, the amount of people that came up to me was like, I need a picture. <laughs> like it was. It was so much fun, and I cannot wait to go back to Comerica Park soon with everyone and do it again. We but, gotta hype it up next time. Like I feel like we gotta hype it up when we go to a game and just try to like just fill up section 104. We I gotta every other every other part of the ballpark's empty. I just want 104 every yeah, single seat to yeah. be taken. We gotta <laughs> secure the tickets in 104 first. We can't be like, hey, we're going on oh, Tuesday right, right, right. night. We're, yeah. gonna, we're, we're gonna secure them. We and then we hype it up. We have to secure them. We have to ask Rob and Christian if they can go. And we hype it up. And then we hype it up, yeah. 100%. 100%. <laughs> I feel like if we did that, there would be people who would do everything possible to get into 104 for sure. Exactly. That's what I'm saying. So, like, we have to, like, <sighs> there has to be a game at least one time this summer where we do that. Oh, we're, we're going to make it happen for sure. <laughs> we're for sure going to make it happen. But, yeah, Tuesday night was a lot of fun. I can't wait to do it again. Um, Last note here, uh, Tony Paul of the Train News. Shout out to him. He wrote a great piece. Um... Uh, within the last 24 hours of the time of recording this, uh, talking about fans being back at sporting events, not just Comerica Park, but fans being back at sporting events here in the Metro Detroit area and kind of taking advantage of that freedom, if you will. So go check it out. It's a great piece by Tony. Again, shout out to him. And we were featured in it, so <laughs> can't complain about that. You I, know? I really like the cover photo of that article. Yeah, the famous section 104 robbie grossman fan club picture is uh like the headline photo that's awesome it's a great picture man (laughs) it's a great picture shout out to the the picture credit too that was the uh one of the ladies from the robbie grossman kids family 
So, yeah. Yeah, Tuesday night was a blast, man. It was Did a lot of fun. Did you like my shirt, Tony, on, on Tuesday no, night? No, I, let's not talk about that. <laughs> <laughs> let's not talk about the Tom Brady shirt. Tyler, before the game, said, you guys are going to love, and by you guys, he meant like our trash talk group. Uh, he said, you guys are going to love our uh, my T-shirt. I, for one, did not like the Tom Brady t-shirt. And then the Instagram post afterwards, nothing to see her. Yeah, we're the, <laughs> let's go ahead and not talk about that ever again. <laughs> but with that, um, let's move into some actual um, Tigers talk and players talk here. So, again, as I mentioned, to kind of start the program, we'll start in the big leagues to close out the show. We'll head down to the farm and talk about a couple guys that have been playing a lot better as of late. So, starting with the big league club, uh, speaking of Robbie Grossman, too, I, I do want to get this out of the way really quickly before we talk about our catchers. Uh, Robbie Grossman, he was he was kind of cold for a little bit there, but the Seattle series, maybe it was 104 that hyped him up. I don't know, but he had a really good series against Seattle. Two homers, six RBIs, six total hits. I just wanted to get that out there really quickly because, obviously, we are two of the biggest members of the Robbie Grossman fan club is section 104. So <laughs> I just had to get that out of the way really quickly, but no Tyler, let's talk about the catching situation for the Tigers, Eric Haas and Jake Rogers. Since they have gotten called up, they have been absolutely incredible. If you ask me <laughs> from an offensive and defensive standpoint, starting with Jake Rogers, I made a tweet about him earlier today and we are recording this on Friday, as I mentioned earlier, but I made a tweet about him earlier today in the month of June, he is swinging the stick incredibly well. At the time of recording this, 364 average, 462 on base percentage, a slugging percentage of 1.091, and OPS, Tyler, of 1.552. With two homers, three RBIs, four hits, four runs, a triple, and two walks. That's offensively. Defensively, we know the thing with Jake Rogers. Just don't run on him, <laughs> okay? I don't care if it's a pass ball. I don't care what happens. Just don't run on Jake Rogers. He is probably going to throw you out. The thing with Jake is that we always knew he was going to be really good defensively, but he just had to swing the bat better consistently. And so far in the month of June, he's doing that. And Tyler, dare I say, Jake Rogers is slowly becoming a fan favorite. I know you're a big Jake Rogers guy with the mustache and the oh, yeah. IG pick yesterday with the sheesh. <laughs> the walk-up song. Oh, oh, well. <laughs> Everything about Jake, you got to love it. So, Well, maybe not the walk-up song. <laughs> maybe not. I know he's a Texas kid, but maybe not the walk-up song. But everything else about Jake Rogers, including the mustache, I'm a fan of. So that's Jake. And then Eric Haas. We already know the thing with Eric Haas. The dude's an animal. And uh, so far on the 2021 season, he's got 269 average, which is nice. Uh, eight homers, 13 RBIs, and OPS the 962. On the road, his numbers are way better than when he's at home at Comerica Park. But like Tyler mentioned when we were talking about Tuesday night's game, hit a homer in that game. And hopefully that kind of heats him up a little bit while he's playing at home because I'm not going to lie, the numbers were a little concerning to me when I noticed how how much better Eric was playing on the road versus at home. But he had a good series against Seattle at home. That's, that's very good to see. So, Tyler, I'm going to throw it to you now. And here's what I want to ask you. 
with Jake Rogers and Eric Haas playing so well, I think the answer is pretty self-explanatory, but I just want to get confirmation from someone else. Wilson Ramos and Grayson Griner, they're done, right? Uh, I think Grayson Griner is for sure done. Like, I just I, I don't see a role with him in the big league squad unless, like, an injury happens. But, you know, I think if they wanted, like, to have him as insurance as, like, a Toledo catcher, I think that's fine. But um, as far as Wilson Ramos, obviously he has the, the injury going on with him. You know, I wouldn't be shocked if he's on the big league club again this year. It wouldn't completely shock me. I, I think they could maybe put a role for him. I just don't know if there's a role with him behind the plate because obviously defensively he just has never really been a good defensive catcher. It's always been just more of the offense. He's, uh, I like to say, an above-average bat for a catcher. I mean, this year's been whatever, but like just overall in his career, in his long career, he's always been an above-average above you know, bat. Um, I, I don't know. I, I think it's – I don't know what his role would honestly be if, if he's with the big league squad, maybe a couple of DH spots. I, I just don't think he's an everyday player anymore, but – with Grayson Griner, I mean, there's just not really a need to have four catchers on the 40-man roster. And I think especially with all these injuries, like with the Tigers happening right now, they're going to eventually have to free up some roster spots. Obviously, Jacoby Jones was a guy they DFA'd recently. Um, I, I, it's going to come to a spot where, you know, you can't just promote everyone from your 40-man roster, and you're going to have to start buying some contracts from Toledo or even some free agents that are out there because, it, I mean, it's coming to a point where – on the 40-man roster, if another pitcher gets hurt, we literally have nobody. Like, the next guy who would be up is Matt Manning, and he's just not ready to be called up. So, uh, Joey Wentz is rehabbing in Lakeland right now, so you can't call him up. And then everyone else on the 40-man roster is hurt, so you don't have an extra option if another pitcher goes down. Okay, and then you talk about the bats. If another outfielder goes down, you don't have another outfielder as well on this 40-man roster because – Victor Reyes is on IL, Derek Hill's on IL, and then the other four catchers are on the big leagues right now. And then as far as the infield, the only extra uh, infield player you have on this 40-man roster is Zach Short. And then, you know, Jamer Candelario, he's on the on the briefment list right now. So when he's back, I don't know who will option. But, um, you know, it's just the depth of this team is, you know, really getting minimized. And it's going to come to a point where I just don't see the, the value of keeping Grayson Grinder because you have two catchers who have, you know, been really good and, and consistent behind the plate and with the bat, and that's just really important. And it seems like these pitchers in general have just been a lot more comfortable with Jake Rogers and Eric Haas. So I just don't see the role for for Grayson Griner, and then and kind of same thing kind of goes with Wilson Ramos too. But you know, I think that's a little different. But with Griner, I I, I think he he could very well be the next DFA candidate if they need to buy another contract out from Toledo or just sign a free agent because it's coming to a point where I don't know who else they would DFA. I mean, I know they have some options with some of their bullpen arms, but I just don't think it's the smartest decision to be, you know, releasing arms right now because on this 40-man roster, this pitching this pitching staff and a hole with the bullpen and the rotation, they're taking some injury on their some IL stand. So I don't know how wise it would be to DFA any pitchers off this staff right now. But as far as, you know, having four catchers, I just don't really see much of a need for. So I think if there is another injury or just another guy that kind of just needs to be called up, I, I, I could see Grayson Grinder being the next DFA candidate. And I've been saying this kind of for almost like a month now. And it seems like they're just kind of like tiptoeing around other guys. But I, I really do think his time is, is ticking. And honestly, 
Alvila, if you are listening, I, I don't see many interests uh, from other teams with Grayson Griner. So if you are concerned, you will lose Grayson Griner um, to be that fourth catcher in Toledo. I wouldn't have much worries. And regardless, if he is picked up, it's not the biggest problem because you have catchers in Toledo right now that I think are more deserved of, I wouldn't say more deserved, but I think could be serviceable catchers in the big leagues, guys like Dustin Garneau and even guys like Juan Santeno are, are swinging the bat really well in Toledo right now. So I just don't see really much of a need for Griner. And our catcher of the future is in West Michigan right now. <laughs> yeah. So I just don't think Grayson Griner has a role on this team anymore. I I don't. And I kind of think the same thing with Wilson Ramos, too. I mean, I hear the argument that you're making for Wilson, like maybe you could use him just for his bat and play him in DH in a few spots here and there. But, like, even there, like, you brought up a good point about the injuries because the injury bug is really hitting us right now. Um, you know, the, the biggest names obviously include Turnbull, Fulmer, and uh, Derek Hill. And there's a lot of other guys hurt too right yeah, now. Yeah, Garcia just got hurt and warm No, he too. yeah he's yeah. he's hurt hurt too, yeah. which is so unfortunate. He might be up for a while. Yeah. Um. Again, I've mentioned this a few times off air with you, Tyler. I'm going to mention it again right now. It's not a coincidence that the Tigers have started to play better after they called up Eric Haas and Jake Rogers. <laughs> yeah, I I, I, just, I just don't think it's a coincidence. You actually have consistent catching good catching behind the plate now from a defensive and offensive standpoint i don't think it's a coincidence that this team has started to play a lot better with eric Haas and jake rogers up here and if they keep on going the way that they are i just don't know how you can go okay wilson ramos and especially Grayson griner healthy and ready to go let's bring them back i just i don't see that tyler i don't well the problem with you know, a guy like Jake Rogers is always the bat, right? And it was never a problem with the the defense. Like, the defense has always been there for Jake, and I think it's just gotten better, honestly, game by game. And as the years have gone by, like, you know, when he was up here in 2019, he just really couldn't hit at all. And his defense was – it was it was good, but it, it wasn't, like, elite. I think we're starting to see elite, you know, de- being a defensive-wise for Jake Rogers. And his bat has been better than expectation. As for a catcher, you just don't need a great bat. Like – if you play great defense and you're a below-average bat, like let's say 220s, 230s, I'd even go as low as 210s maybe, you're fine by me to be my starting catcher, honestly. And Jake Rogers right now is, I think, batting like 250. And he's yes. you know, and his slugging percentage, like you mentioned, is just a lot better. He's getting a, like a real good launch angle on his swings now. And it, I'm not saying it's going to be consistent for Jake because that's not what we're really expecting out of Jake Rogers, But... If he could be an average bat or even a below average bat, like I said, and, you know, prove to and to be that consistent defensive catcher that he's been doing in, in the stint in Detroit, I mean, this is what you wanted from him, right? I mean, he's 26 years old. I just don't see what he benefits going back from Toledo. I think the best thing for him is just to keep developing up here. He's 26 years old. I mean, like, he's not a kid anymore. Like, it's time to play this guy, and he, he's proven that he deserves, you know, the spot, and that he could be an everyday catcher. And, and I think, you know, to go as far as the pitching staff, I think guys at Casey Mize and Tarek School have been way better with with Jake Rogers behind the plate than, you know, when Grayson Griner was back there, just on a defensive standpoint and maybe just calling a game in general. And then 
Eric Haas, the problem with him is, I mean, he always had a bat in, you know, spring training and in Toledo. It was just the defense. But even him, I mean, he's he's improved defensively. You know, he's blocking the ball a lot better. And he has the versatility to also play multiple positions as well. I mean, he's played left field. He could play first base. He hasn't done it yet with the Tigers, but he could play first base. And, uh, you know, he's been a lot better behind the plate than I think anyone could ever expect. And and the bat, like I mentioned, it's always kind of been there, but nobody, and I mean nobody, expected the bat to be this good for Eric Haas. I mean, it just, this was out of the blue. It's a very good surprise for Detroit, and this story's been going a lot longer than I think anybody could ever imagine, at least in my in my stance. Like, I, I, I saw this maybe as a one-week thing that, like, this is a cool story, but I just don't know how long this, you know, maintains. And obviously, there's still like four more months of baseball, so we'll see how the story continues as the season goes on. But as Eric Haas has proven right now, this story doesn't look like it's going to slow down anytime soon, and it's just really exciting. And you mentioned it. I just, I, I don't, I don't know. I, the problem is why Grayson was here on opening day is just because Jake couldn't hit, and Eric Haas's defense wasn't there. I think both guys have improved drastically since March till now. So. I think, you know, it's time to just kind of pull the plug on, on the Grayson Grinder experiment, and you kind of just got your guys here, and, and that's fine because it looked like a problem back in April and May. So, you know, not that, now that these guys are succeeding here in the big leagues, it's just a nice surprise, and, and it helps a lot. A.J. Hinch has a lot of confidence in Jake Rogers behind the plate because, as Tyler brought up to me when we were talking about the Tigers, uh, I think it was before yesterday's game, uh, Jake Rogers has – he caught – the eleven inning game on Wednesday night, and then he caught <laughs> caught yesterday's game. That just goes to show you, AJ, a former catcher, has confidence in Jake Rogers. Yeah, that that is absolutely insane to be catching back to back games, or not not even back to back games, a night game to a day game, and an extra inning game on the night game to a day game. Absolutely insane. So, uh, I mean, congratulations, Jake, and he he. He took advantage of that that start. It had a home run and also had a triple. So Jake Rogers definitely took advantage of the opportunity of starting that day game, which I thought he would definitely have a day off. And I think if it was any other manager, um, at least in the Tigers' history of like the last couple of managers with Austinus and, and Gardy, I think you know you would have definitely saw them go to the back of catcher in that in that, in that game. And honestly. I thought the same thing as well. I mean, if it were me, I would never have done that as well if I was a manager. So, I mean, props to AJ. He made the right call, I guess. I was questioning it, honestly. And um, it worked out for him, though, because Jake had a really phenomenal day behind the plate and, you know, with the bat as well. I love AJ Hinch. <laughs> I, I loved Gardy, too, but Gardy would have sat Jake for sure. And I would have sat Jake down. Like, if yeah. I was the manager, like, that's a bold call, man. Yeah. But it worked. I love AJ, man. I love having one of the best managers in baseball manage our team. <laughs> it feels so good and it's so refreshing. Um, but no, Jake has earned his playing time for sure. Eric Haas, you mentioned the bat's always been good. It's just been his defense. And listen, Eric Haas can say something about his defense that not many catchers around Major League Baseball in its history of the game can say. Eric Haas can say that he caught a no-hitter. <laughs> so, yep. so that, yeah, man. Again, the the moral of the story here is Eric and Jake are just – they've been so good offensively and defensively for this team. I don't think it's a coincidence that this team has started to play better when those two have started to, you know, get 
better and better and better as the, the season has gone on here over the last month or so. And for both Wilson Ramos and Grayson Griner, for me, it, it's done for them. I, it seems like Tyler is for sure done on Grayson, but it seems like he's kind of like questioning Wilson Ramos, like maybe they'll keep him around here. If it was me, I'd just say screw it. <laughs> like nothing against Buffalo, but I, I just I don't see how you can I, I don't see how you can tell Jake and Eric now we're going to play Buffalo today. I, I I don't see it, but you see, and I and I mentioned his bat is looking above average, but I'm when I when I say that I mean that more from a catcher standpoint because catchers are usually not really good hitters in general and usually just known for their defense. And from you know Wilson Ramos' perspective, he's just always been an above average bat for a catcher so i don't know it's gonna be interesting you know especially having mickey as well i just don't know how many how many starts he would get and i don't know how good he would be if in a role where he's not playing consistently and i don't know how valuable it is just to keep a dh at that point because if you have these guys behind the plate what's the point of having wilson ramos just as a dh because you're not gonna put him behind the plate to catch right so what's the point of having ramos just as a dh so i, I see yeah. where you're coming from yeah but I don't know. We'll see. Um, well, I should say we won't see anytime soon. I mean, Wilson and J- uh, Wilson and Grayson. We haven't heard anything. <laughs> well, Grayson had his rehab in, in Toledo, and then and he got basically put back on they the just put him, list. They just put him back on the IL. Yeah, yeah. yeah and so. we haven't heard anything since. And meanwhile, Wilson, he got placed on the IL for the second time with that. I think it was a what was I think it was a lumbar spine injury. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And we haven't heard anything since. So okay, I, I'm gonna. This might be wrong to say, but I'm going to ask you. Uh-oh. Um, if Jake Rogers or Eric Koss, or I'm going to just go Eric Koss because he's unexpected right now. If Eric Koss was kind of like what we expected, let's say, like just wasn't going to do much in his MLB stint, like kind of just like what we expected, right? He was just the guy here for a little bit. If Eric Koss wasn't playing well, did the Tigers just call Grayson Griner and not put him on the ILS again? <sighs> <laughs> Well, the thing with Grayson is that he re-entered himself, right? I don't know, because the plan was though he was gonna play that five-inning game. Like the plan was to pull him in the five, the fifth inning, and you know, he wasn't gonna play a full nine-inning game. Yeah. And he played two games, did fine, right? Whatever. But I just don't think the Tigers thought that they needed him. <laughs> so they're, so they're interesting like, to think about. So, so, so they're they're probably like the Grayson, you know, you could have some extra time to heal. <laughs> and then he just never comes back. <laughs> I mean, I don't know, man. I don't think Grayson's coming back. Period. Whether he's actually healthy or not, but no, I don't think they would fake his injury or like tell him take all the time you need to recuperate. I think he might have actually had a setback, which it's unfortunate for him, but it was a blessing for Eric Haas and Jake Rogers because we're at the point now where we're having this discussion about what do you do with Wilson and Grayson now? <laughs> because, I again, I think the answer is pretty self-explanatory, but I don't know. We'll see going forward. So, yeah, Eric Haas is just an unbelievable story, dude. The, the guy was a he's a great story, on, man. On the depth chart, I mean, he had everything go his way, like as far as injury wise, which is it's unfortunate, but like it, it set up story for Eric Haas, which I mean, Wilson Ramos gets hurt, uh, Grayson Grinder gets hurt, so you're down two catchers, right? Um, then Jake was the immediate call if one of them go down, right? Okay, another one goes down. Okay, if both of them go down, Dustin Garneau will be the guy. That's AJ's guy from Houston. He gets hurt in Toledo, so it, it came to a point where 
it's it's Eric Haas. We're calling up Eric Haas, and you know, and now it just led to this, which is just absolutely insane, man. Home hometown kid as well, which is absolutely phenomenal. We acquired him for cash from the Cleveland Indians. I think it was twenty twenty in January, or at yeah. some point that off season. And now here we sit today on a June Friday talking about how Eric Haas and Jake Rogers should probably cost two other guys their jobs, unfortunately. <laughs> unfortunately for them. No, I, I thought Eric Haas would be that guy? Like, Jake Rogers was, like, a guy we always yeah. hoped for, obviously. But Eric Haas? People know Eric Haas' name now. Not just in Detroit, but around Major League Baseball. You know how big of a MLB Network guy that I am, Tyler, and you, you as are. well. Um, and they're they're talking about Eric Haas, man. <laughs> so... Yeah, it's going to be fascinating to see what happens going forward with Wilson and Grayson. But in the meantime, I'm having fun watching Jake and Eric, and I'm looking forward to watching more Tigers games with them. Dare I say they've made Tigers baseball fun again. (laughs) No, dude, I I actually, I mean it. Like, I wouldn't, like, I always want to watch the Tigers, obviously, but, like, I'm going out of my way more often this year. It kind of feels like back in, like, 2016, I would say, when, like, the Tigers were, like, competitive and fighting for, like, a wild card spot and division spot. Like, how I, you kind of, like, plan your days around the Tiger games now. And I'm kind of almost doing that right now with the Tigers. And it's kind of fun. I, I enjoy it a lot. I missed actually watching decent baseball. <laughs> See, Tony, Tony, you cover every game. So you had to watch every game regardless, right? Yes. So... For me, it's like if I miss a game or two, it's like okay, I'll just you know catch up with the box score or whatever, right? And I and I did that for some games in 2019, especially when we got into like really nice days in Michigan when it's like August. I'm like, and it's like a four o'clock game for the Tigers, and they're like maybe 18 games out of a playoff spot. I'm like, ah, and I'm I'm okay. I'll just I'll miss, I'll sit this one out and I'll like enjoy the day outside or something like that, right? It's like now I'm planning my day more around the Tigers, and I I missed it, honestly. I also missed that feeling. (laughs) And as of now, it feels good to, you know, wake up in the morning and be like, okay, who are we facing today? Like, who's starting for the other team? Who do we got on the mound? Yeah. What's the lineup going to look like? It's It's been so long since I've been excited about the lineup card getting released. Me too. (laughs) Me too. It's exciting. I was never more excited about a lineup reveal than I was on Tuesday when Tuesday. I saw Robbie was, <laughs> was in right. <laughs> I knew it was very possible, too, because they had a I lefty on the mound. Mm-hmm. When they had a lefty on the mound, you know, it's very possible Robbie's going to play right field because um, in left field, you're you know usually going to put it, it would either be some, somewhere in a combination of like Eric Haas or uh, I'm trying to even think. I mean, right now, yeah, like Eric Haas would probably be the guy in left if it's a lefty. Usually, when we go to Tiger games going forward, we gotta watch out for those lefties, man, <laughs> to make sure we get Robbie. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's like Eric Costa, like Badu will play left field usually. Oh, so we, I, oh, I wish we would get a game with like Badu and right. Oh, <laughs> I don't know if that will ever happen. Well, no Mars. I forgot here. to tell you this yesterday. I was at the Uh-oh. game. A Akil- uh, Badu signed my ball yesterday. Oh, look at Akil Badu, man of so the got, people. So I got an autograph from Akil Badu. I love Akil Badu, man. I love the game, dude. I love him. All right, let's move into our final big league topic, and I'm going to try to keep this one quick because I want to spend a, a good majority of time going down to the farm. So I have written in my notes here, Tyler, our last kind of Tigers topic, 
the Detroit Mudhens. <laughs> That's what I have written on my notes yeah. here. Because within the past week, we've seen Isak get called up. Unfortunately, because Candy was on the rebound list, and hopefully he will be back soon. But Isak got called up and almost hit a – he should have hit a walk-off two-run home on Wednesday night. But Isak is up here. Derek Hill got called up while I was editing last week's episode of Tiger Talk with Tyler. And it was insane, too, because I said during that episode, I said, yeah. I wouldn't be shocked if mm-hmm. Daz Cameron or Derek Hill are called up any minutes. Mm-hmm. And Derek Hill was called up, like, 3 o'clock, and I was editing the episode. I'm like, you got to be kidding me. <laughs> <laughs> Just the most random timing for Derek Hill to get called up. But, yeah, Derek Hill got called up. He got hurt, unfortunately, which prompted Daz Cameron to get called up. So, Tyler, I'll have you cover this one. Talk about all three of them for me and what you have seen. And for Daz, too, even. I, I know it's only been one game. But talk about what you have seen from Daz, Derek, and Isak since the Detroit Mudheads have gotten <laughs> all yeah. called up this week. So, Derek Hill, I think he, he was just just as advertised of what we kind of expected. You know, he, he patrolled a, a very good center field. And I, I said it multiple times at Tuesday in our game that we have a real center fielder right here. And it is so refreshing because we had some games this year where we had Nico Goodrum in center field. And no, <laughs> n- nothing against Nico Goodrum. He's not a center fielder. So it, it was just so refreshing to see a real center fielder and Derek Hill. And I'm not going to say Jacoby Jones is not a real center fielder because Jacoby Jones p- patrols a really nice center field as well. But with Derek Hill, the defense that he brings and the range he brings, when he thought a ball was dead and you just see Derek Hill catch the ball, it's just absolutely phenomenal. So he patrols a real center field. He's got unreal speed, and it's something you just cannot teach. And then, you know, something that just kind of never been in Derek Hill's repertoire is um, his bat. And his bat has just gotten better slowly but surely. You know, in this it was only a week, but the week big league stint he had, um, you know, in Chicago, it was not, the, you know, it was kind of cold. But as he got into the homestand in Seattle in, in that three-game series, he only played uh, one full game and then obviously got hurt in the first inning in the, the second game. But I think slowly that's from that Sunday in Chicago and that Monday in Seattle, uh, versus Seattle, you know, we saw his bat to kind of just, you know, get a little bit on fire. He had, I believe, two or three hits on Monday. So, you know, it sucks that he's hurt, but he was just as advertised with the defense. And, you know, the way he went down, he went down as a champ. He went down making a catch that I thought had no chance of making. And he crashed the center field wall, that 420 wall, robbing Corey Seager, extra base hits. And if that wasn't Comerica Park, that's probably a home run. So, um, <laughs> um, Derek Hill was just as advertised in center field defensively. And then the bat was starting to heat up a little bit. Um, for Hill, which he was doing a lot in Toledo this year. So um, hopefully speed recovery for Hill and that we could see him back here with the big league. Uh, with Paredes, Paredes um, wasn't the greatest start for him on Tuesday. You know, he just didn't really have the greatest discipline at the plate, wasn't having great at-bats. But uh, I think on Tuesday and then on Thursday, or on Wednesday on Thursday, sorry, uh, his bat started to heat up. He should have had a walk-off homer. He had a triple on Wednesday. Uh, his defense has been really good for the Tigers so far. You know, he's one of those guys that has defense versatility in the infield. He can play third, he can play short, he can play second. So you have the versatility with Paredes. You know, he's just going to be a guy that's going to be with his big league team for a while, and you hope he's one of their cornerstone pieces as well. Um, the bat is going to get there. 
he's gonna start drawing more walks. You know, he he was pretty good in Toledo. Had a two seventy average. Had a decent amount of walks. So, um, I think he just has to translate that that plate discipline to to the big leagues. And I think you know just that one game on Tuesday, he kind of got over that hump a little bit. And Wednesday and Thursday was a lot better for him. And I'm excited to see what he could do this weekend versus Chicago. And you know, just kind of take advantage of this time that he's up here in the big leagues because you just don't know when he'll be sent down or if he'll ever be sent down uh, with Candelario being back or when he comes back. So it's going to be interesting what they do with Paredes if he goes back to Toledo or if they'll keep up with the big league squad. So um, that's going to be an interesting decision. And then with Daz Cameron, it's been one game for him. Uh, he, he was really hot in Toledo. Uh, obviously, his bat has just been really good, and that's something that we just haven't seen from Daz Cameron. And then defensively, you're not getting the same guy you're getting in Derek Hill, but another guy that has the versatility to play all three outfield spots, could put him in left, put him in center, could put him in right. So you like that versatility you have with Daz Cameron. But the thing with Daz Cameron you want to see is just, you know, if that bat could translate to, to the big leagues. And if, if that bat, what he was doing in Toledo, extra base hits, stealing bases, it'll be a really nice sight for the Tigers. So I want to see that bat translate. It's only been one game for him. Um, it didn't really do much uh, with the bat. Had a walk and then a stolen base. Uh, once he reached base, I mean, he he could he he's gonna be a nightmare for for catchers. So uh, and pitchers just to have to worry about Daz Cameron. So um, I want to see the bat translate more to the big leagues. Obviously, it's only been one game, so you know no need to panic yet. And you know he's gonna have a lot of valuable time now in the big leagues because we just don't know how long Derek Hill's gonna be on IL. Victor Reyes, I don't know how long he'll be on IL, and if he is healthy. You might just option him to Toledo, and then with the with the outfield position, you know that's all because you know Jacoby Jones has been DFA'd, so you don't have to worry about him, you know, being called up. So Daz is gonna have a good, you know, run here in the Tigers. So it's him, it's his time to take advantage of and you know make a name for himself, and you know maybe make a name like Eric Haas, where he just is forced in a way where he just can't be sent down. So Derek or Daz Cameron is gonna have a. He's going to have a fair share here in the big league. So it's going to be interesting what he could do in his time with the Tigers. I will say it's been fun over the last week to see this kind of quick and sudden youth movement. I mean, you had Isak called up, and we had Derek Hill called up last week. And then, unfortunately, with Derek Hill going down, we had Des Cameron called up. And it has been fun to kind of see this little mini youth movement, that I'll call it. Now, we don't know, as Tyler said, we don't know how long these guys will be up here right now. Um, he mentioned earlier in the program um, when Candy's activated off the Breedman list, he doesn't know who would get sent down. I would imagine it would be Isak, unfortunately. I just don't know where you would try to play him if you kept him with Candy. Um, but after the trade deadline, if Jonathan Scope stays hot and you can find a trade partner for him, that opens up a spot at second or short. So you could put you could call up Isak and put him in one of those positions and put Willie Castro at the other position. Um, so, yeah, Isak, you kind of figure he might not be up here very much longer, so hopefully, as Tyler said, he can kind of take advantage of the the playing time he has up here right now in the big leagues and in two, in, in two out of three games against Seattle. I thought he did so. And then uh, you got Derek Hill, who, like Tyler said, I don't need to repeat everything he said, but I kind of got the same thoughts. He showed us everything that we knew about him defensively then offensively he was getting hot it's like to see him go down hopefully he will be back soon because i had a lot of fun watching him not only live but on tv too and with regard to daz cameron you know tyler brought this up when he was talking about jake rogers but it's the same thing for daz and all these other guys too like they are getting 
they are getting older. We are getting to the point where we got to start seeing these guys eventually. And though we might not know how long Daz will be up here at the moment, he will be probably up here maybe in September, hopefully. And then we would also hope to start 2022. Like these guys will be up here playing full time sooner rather than later. And it's good to finally get some looks at these young guys in this, again, as I've kind of coined the term, this mini youth movement. And I do apologize to the nice Toledo fans that we have taken a good chunk of <laughs> a good chunk of your lineup. <laughs> but we gave, we gave him Jacoby Jones. <laughs> they could have Grayson Grinder. Oh well <laughs> before it, we, before world famous Toledo gets mad at us. <laughs> we opened up we opened up a spot for my man Juan Centeno behind the play, so I hope you guys are enjoying Juan Centeno behind the play because I have been enjoying him watching him on the minor league pass. They still got adrenaline, and that's all that matters, right? Yeah, I don't think you'll be up here anytime soon. No, so you, so no. you guys can you guys can enjoy adrenaline. You guys right? can yes. enjoy adrenaline, adrenaline. We gave you guys Zach Short too. You guys can enjoy Zach. Short. You get he's Zach lead, Short he's back. He's leading off for you guys now with no yeah. Dennis Cameron. So. Yeah. Enjoy, enjoy Zach Short. Enjoy Zach Short, and they still got Matt Manning too, which is a good transition into our farm talk. So let's do that, shall we, Tyler? Let's go down to the farm now to close out the program. Let's do it. So let's start in Toledo and Matt Manning since we are on this conversation. I want to talk about two minor league players for this team, two top prospects as well, that have been playing very well as of late. Let's start with Matt Manning in Toledo. This is someone who has obviously really, really struggled so far to open up the 2021 season with the world-famous Mud Hens. But in his start against Louisville a couple days ago, Tyler, you were watching. Matt Manning pitched a lot better, easily his best start of the season. His foul line against Louisville on the ninth, six innings, four hits, two runs with uh, two walks and eight strikeouts. He pitched a lot better, and his ERA on the season is still very high. I think it's uh, like an eight right now, and uh, opponents are hitting for an average of over 300 <laughs> off of Manning still. Like, his numbers still aren't great, but it is encouraging to see one good start, isn't it, Tyler? Oh, yeah, and it was kind of like what I was preaching last episode. It's just like if those numbers continue that we saw in May for, for Manning go on to, you know, this month and then july then i'm gonna you know call for a caution of concern but i i i pleaded patience with you know with matt manning and you just kind of got to be more patient with this guy because you know obviously the miss season last year i don't want to repeat everything i said last episode but just with the miss season last year and just didn't really have much of a development to the year last year and this is his first time kind of with like you know, i would say big league style of baseball because triple a is just a lot more different than double a like what i was saying last last episode but Something I want to harp on, Matt Manning, that it was just really encouraging to see. I'm going to ask you a question, Tony. What's, like, the pitch count that is is good or or you would say average for an inning for a pitcher? I would say average is, like, 11, 12, 13. Like, that's kind of what you're trying to aim for, I would say. Okay. Like, okay. once we once we get above 17, that's where I'm kind of like, all right, <laughs> like, you know. 
Yeah, so Matt Manning didn't have one inning in his in that start versus Louisville over 16 pitches. So in the first inning, he had 16, which is the one he gave the one run. But then after that, 13, 12, 14. So really encouraging stuff. Manning is showing more stuff now of the ability to go deeper in games. And then you mentioned he had eight strikeouts in that game, right? So with that, that's really good numbers for eight strikeouts because obviously strikeouts – a lot more pitches than, you know, getting a ground ball on the first, second pitch. And he's going to develop that stuff. But I think with Manning, we're kind of just seeing that stuff. And something that I was telling you guys about last episode was the first pitch strike. Matt Manning was way better and way more in command of getting the first pitch strike in, in those battles versus Louisville. And when he gets into more pitcher-friendly counts, he shows his stuff out. And his stuff is filthy. And that's why he's, you know, a top-20 prospect in baseball. He deserves to be a top-20 uh, prospect in baseball with just the stuff in general and it's just kind of like the transition with schoolboy it's like you know schoolboy has the stuff it's just that he needs to become more consistent with this command and getting those first pitch strikes manning in a very very small sample size that we've seen obviously this is the only start that we could really say that was a, a encouraging one for him but this one was one of those encouraging starts where the stuff was translating he was getting to more pitcher friendly counts and you know batters were having a tough time with him and you know, the Louisville Bats are connected with the Cincinnati Reds and a guy that's, you know, I would say highly regarded of or had a really good start in the big leagues and his big league career, uh, Aristides Aquino for the Reds. Uh, he was he was in that game as well, and Matt Manning gave him trouble as well. So that was really encouraging to see. So I just want to see more starts like this from Matt Manning, and I think Matt Manning is starting to, you know, figure this stuff out. I think he's starting to figure out, you know, these hitters a little bit more, and I think it's just going to translate to more stuff. So I'm really encouraged to see Matt Manning, you know, just going on with the season. And I think I think the trend of these type of starts are going to continue more with Matt Manning, you know, get, you know, just getting ahead of counts and, and just showing his stuff out, man. Because when he gets into pitcher-friendly counts, uh, batters don't want to be in, those, in that situation with Matt Manning because his stuff is filthy. One start at a time. I think I mentioned that last week. Just one start at a time. And so far, so good. <laughs> it was definitely encouraging to look at – Matt Manning's line against Louisville the other night ago, that's better. <laughs> that is a lot better than, you know, giving up. I don't even have the log in front of me. Like, giving up a, a crooked number in, like, three and two-thirds or something like that, you know? And him going the distance was nice, too, because yeah. he went six innings as well. So Yeah. Um, he hasn't really been going far into games. Like, he's been – I mean, just because he's been getting hit like crazy, so – um, he's been like been pulled out in like the fourth or like third inning, but him to go six strong innings, and honestly he probably could have went more. Um, it's just that the the Mudheads were freaking crushing the ball, um, so <laughs> they they didn't really need to you know continue to put him out the game. He was taking really long rest as well, so um, he probably could have went seven innings in this game honestly as well. Go Hens! Go Hens! The Hens were hitting the like the ball crazy that day, man. We took half your lineup, but go ends. <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> oh, man. So that was one of the players I wanted to talk about on this this farm trip. Uh, the other player spent the Torkelson. Now, obviously, Tork kind of had a slow start to the season. There were some people starting to get a little anxious with the way he was looking. But, you know, we mentioned it last week. We're going to mention it again right now. Um, Torque has been swinging the bat a lot better as of late. And as we sit here today, his average is up to 286. His OPS is up to 927. And he's got four homers and 20 RBIs on the season. 
that is starting to look more like Spencer Torkelson. <laughs> he, he's starting to look like the number one pick in the draft. Um, uh, Thursday night, yesterday at the time of recording this, on the one-year anniversary that we drafted him number one overall, three for three with a double. I think it was three runs and two walks. Two walks, yeah. Yeah. Which based all five times. That was a Robbie Grossman game. Yeah. Um, Torque has been a lot better as of late. And, again, he's starting to look more and more like – Spent the Torkel sentence, isn't he, Tyler? Oh, yeah. I mean, same thing with Manning, man. You just got to harp, uh, you know, preach the patience with these guys, man. He's 21 years old. You know, he just came straight from college. Like, and again, he didn't have a, a minor league season last year in his first career year. So this is his first big league season, or like, not big league season, but like, his like first major league experience. I, I'm not, I keep saying major league, you know, just, you know what I mean? Baseball experience in, you know, not in college, so that I guess that's what I'm looking for because he missed the short season in Connecticut last year. Uh, he didn't get to play low A ball, so you know this is all. You know he just got thrown in a situation where you're being thrown in high A ball, and he's been really good so far, or especially lately. And again, the same thing that I said with Manning. I want to say about Torkelson. It's just been encouraging to see him get consistently better and have better outings. You know, throughout the past. A month or so because he was struggling to start the season and there were people not neither of us but there were people that are like oh boy did we just draft a bust but <laughs> though that was ridiculous i just don't understand how you say uh it. well at the <laughs> i just don't understand it i'm gonna just keep my mouth shut about that but <laughs> <laughs> yeah it, it's still encouraging to see torque swing the bat a lot better and again getting those numbers up to where we were expecting them is i don't mean to repeat myself here but it's encouraging it is absolutely building optimism for sure and going back to matt manning you know if he can kind of follow the torque route and have more consistent starts going forward that would also be ideal because at the moment you you can't call up matt manning (laughs) you know there are some people who have said, I'm getting to the point with Matt Manning where I think we should just call him up to have him work with Fetter. I understand what you're trying to say, but that's it, not it a good like idea. That. It don't work like that, Chief. <laughs> no, it doesn't work like that. Matt Manning is anything but ready for the call-up. And to, to see one good start, hopefully that turns into two good starts, and hopefully it turns into three and then four and then five. So that would be great for sure. By the way, Tyler, I just lineup card. I just got the lineup card. <laughs> <laughs> so the Tigers are beginning a three-game weekend set at Ooh, home against the I've, White Sox. East Sox playing shortstop. So we got Robbie in left, Harold at third, uh, Jonathan Scope at second, Miggy first, Eric Haas DH, Nomar right, East Sox short, Akil Badu center, Jake and Rogers. Jake Rogers. <sighs> Again, when was the last time we got hype about a freaking <laughs> lineup guard, man? <laughs> okay, okay. I've already called them out, but there's no Nico Goodrum in this lineup right now. Isak's playing short. You asked me the other day, what do you think this team's thing is with Nico? I said, I I think it's his versatility, but Nico's a good guy, man. But I I just don't know. (laughs) He doesn't do anything good, man. I'm sorry. He can't hit. He can't play defense. (laughs) I, I... well, he's not in the lineup tonight. That's uh, that's a good thing, I guess. But 
going back to the farm report, Tyler, um, any final thoughts on what you have seen from the from the miners I over have, the past week? Yeah, I have one thing. It's not as positive as, as it's been with Torkelson and Manning. It's more of a not positive and something you want to see. And he actually has a start tonight in Lakeland. This is the low-way ball, Lakeland Flying Tiger. So Joey Wentz, this was his last start. For some, it was versus uh, Tampa, the Tampa. I don't know their name. Sorry, Tampa. Um, so he went four innings, nine hits, six runs, five earned runs, two walks, six strikeouts, and one home run. So not a good start for Joey Wentz. Uh, he's still rehabbing in low A right now. And, you know, he had one – he's only started two games, I believe, this year for Lakeland. And his first start was encouraging. It was really good stuff. And then this start in Lakeland was not – so good stuff for him they lost this game 12 to 3 lakeland so um he has another game tonight we'll see how that goes for him because he's also another one of those guys on the 40-man roster and kind of just goes as far as what i was saying with the pitching depth you know it's just another guy that's just not ready right now but uh with Wentz obviously coming off the big surgery so you wanted to see him kind of recover and hopefully you know make the most out of these lakeland starts and then you know hopefully he can get back to probably Toledo that that's where we want to see him and then hopefully he can pitch well in Toledo and then you know he could be a big leaker maybe some point this season or if not this season it'll most likely be next year so that's another guy that you just kind of want to see improve as the season goes on as well so uh, he was the guy from the Shane Green trade as well so um, we'll see how he does tonight versus uh, Dunedin he's the only guy still here from the Shane Green trade <laughs> oh, yeah Travis Demers I think He's back with Atlanta. Is he I back think. with Atlanta? I know I'm, he I'm went back. Sure. I, don't, I don't know if he's still there. But I, don't I don't know, but yeah, I know. I know he did, he did get claimed by them, but I don't know if he's yeah. still there. I have no idea, but, yeah, Joey Wentz is the only guy left. <laughs> yeah. So hopefully he bounces back tonight. And my final thoughts is actually going to be on a positive note. Tyler's wasn't that positive. Mine will be positive. Baseball America, they I think they updated their rankings, and the Tigers now have two top ten prospects, Tyler. Yep. Torque and Riley Green. Yep. You love to see that, don't you? I love to see it. And I think MLB, uh, the, the, what do they call it, the pipeline? Pipeline. Uh, yeah, I think even them, uh, I think they uh, boosted Riley Green. I don't, know, I don't think he's necessarily top 10. I think he's 13. I'm going to make sure right now. Yeah, he is 16, actually. Okay. So he's still 16 on this on the pipeline. But, yeah, and then Matt Mannix, 19. So three prospects in the top 20 for the Tigers on the pipeline. Yeah, so Mize and Scoob will graduate, obviously. That leaves Torque, Riley, and Matt Manning. And then Rogers graduated as well. And I think Isak should be graduating very soon as well. Probably. If, if he continues to play more in the big leagues, he should be graduating very yeah. soon, which he's the number four prospect right now with the Tigers. I think Dingler is going to be a top 100 prospect. I was, I was literally just about to get to that. So in the top 100, you've got Torque, Riley, and Matt Manning. Mize yeah. and Scoob have already graduated, so that leaves us three top 100 guys right now in MLB Pipeline. We're going to draft third overall. That's going to be our fourth top 100 prospect, regardless of who it's going to be. Yeah. And then likely. you're going to get a fifth, in my opinion, in Dylan Dingler if he keeps on going the way that he is. Yeah, no, for sure. And then another guy, I don't know if he's necessarily top 100, but he's another West Michigan guy. Daniel Cabrera has just been really oh. good for them so far. He's I, number six with the Tigers right now. So. I, I don't know if he'll be top 100, but I, I, can, either. I can see him being top five in our organization. Oh, yeah, because if Isak graduates soon – He's gonna. Well, he automatically, yeah, he automatically leaps up. But, um, I guess I meant just more of like overall talent. I guess. Yeah. Yeah. No, for sure. Because like the other guys behind him, you know, are hurt. Joey Wentz is hurt. <laughs> Parker Meadows is hurt. Daz Cameron's at the big leagues. Fayetto hurt. 
Um, and then all the other guys are just kind of far away from the big leagues besides Cody Clements. He's in Toledo right now. So oh. there you go, Mudhands fans. There you, you go, Mudhead fans. <laughs> hey, you got Cody Clement. They got uh, your boy, Jake Robson, don't yeah. they? Yeah. Yeah, they do. You know who who else we stole from Toledo? He's my guy, Jason Foley. He's he's with us too. Hey, you want to you want to end the show doing some Jason Foley talk? I'm all I for am, it. I'm fine with that, man. Jason Foley. The thing with him is just gonna be command, but he has the stuff, the fastball to be such a good pitcher, and I'm so excited he's here. So I want to see, you know, his development in the big leagues as as the season goes on. I think he's gonna get a fair shot, um, you know, to be in this bullpen for this season and I don't think he's the first one down like going Fulmer's back I think they have other options than Jason Foley so I'm excited to see what he could do the rest of this season I, I, I'm gonna say it I think he's gonna be a future bullpen or I think he has the stuff to be a future bullpen piece for the Tigers team and I think you know I was just thinking about it going forward for this Tigers team it's like I think we got what'd you say three locks going into next year's bullpen you got I'd say Soto Fulmer and then I would put Funk in that list. And Funkhauser, yeah. So you got like those three, and I would even say Cisneros probably a really good shot as well. Yeah. What about Alexander? Was, yeah, I was gonna say Alexander as well. So you, let's say you got five guys, right? And then usually you like to have eight or nine guys in your bullpen. So for those four or those three to four spots, I think it's gonna be a dogfight. And then a lot of these guys are just gonna have the time to prove themselves with this season and then spring ball next year. So I think Foley is gonna really you know, impress, and I hope he could be one of those guys as well. So, you know, you got you got a list of guys that are just going to be competing for that spot. Jimenez, um, Garcia, both Garcias, if Ronnie comes back anytime soon, and then Foley. Based on what we've heard, I, I yeah. don't know. but Burroughs, Lang, you got all those guys. So, you know, it's going to be a interesting time to see who kind of just takes those last spots, and if none of those guys could prove it or if only one of those guys could prove it, um, you can – maybe look for the Tigers to sign to money for agency. So it's going to be a big year for those guys. Big weekend series coming up against Chicago. We are recording this before the game on Friday night. So if you are listening after the game, that is why we are not mentioning what happened tonight because we are recording before tonight's game. But big weekend set coming off a series win against Seattle. Uh, the White Sox, as are the Tigers, are dealing with some injuries. They just placed Nick Madrigal on the injured list and I, I think he's done for the year too I think I read so yeah, he's gonna be out for a while yeah both both teams are kind of injured we got some good pitching matchups tonight's Tarek Skubal and Lucas Giolito on uh, Sunday we're gonna see Carlos Rodon versus TBA because um, it's probably be Matty B well AJ said that he wants to give Matthew the uh an extra day off he might start Monday oh uh, so that's gonna be interesting. Okay. Maybe a bullpen day again, because I mean, Tigers are two for two for bullpen days so far. They're one for one record wise, but I think they're two for two. You know, yeah. Memorial Day. I think it was Memorial Day. It was yeah, one of the Milwaukee games. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Memorial Day, the bullpen day though we lost. It. I thought it worked, and then yesterday's game, Thursday, bullpen was a successful bullpen day, unless they were pitching to Mitch Haniger. <laughs> So, like, if they want to give Boyd another day off, who, who, who do you put? Because you only have four stars on the team right now. So, mm-hmm. AJ, I'm not going to even think about it. Go ahead, AJ. Just do what you got to do. If it's – well, Jason Beck um, tweeted earlier this week that Fulmer could be activated by Sunday. So, that gives you an extra arm if you want to use him. Not in to the start. Not, oh. No, 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 no. Just if you do a bullpen day. I don't know. Uh, These bullpen days are really taxing. <laughs> <laughs> you can only do so many. Yeah. Of them. Well, you know what? If they're if they're working, might as well 
might as well try it. If you could give Boyd an extra day off and um, have him roll into KC, might as well. We'll see, though. We'll, we'll see. see about that. Yeah, yeah, it might just become to a point where we have to DFA Grayson Garner's <laughs> All due respect to Grayson, wouldn't it be against it? <laughs> wouldn't it be against it, but we'll see. Nonetheless, Tyler, I think that's a good way to wrap up today's program. Another good episode. This is a lot of fun as per the usual. Yes, sir. I think we went over time again, but it's okay. No, we're we're we're, we're good. La- last week we really went over, but <laughs> it was the first episode, so <laughs> it's whatever. But next week. How about I try to get some guests on? We'll see how that goes. Okay. We'll see. Let's as as I tease it, we'll get nobody. But <laughs> we'll, well, we're gonna shoot for Miguel Cabrera. Robbie. <laughs> no. <laughs> Robbie Grossman. <laughs> Robbie. <laughs> um. We'll see though. Maybe uh prospects guy. If you catch my hands. Oh, I already wink. know what you're talking about. Uh, <laughs> wink, wink. Bring some milk with him. Okay. He's actually going to a game this weekend. So he's he said he's sitting section 104. Oh, is he? Yeah. <laughs> the, he said the now infamous section 104. And then now he it's put, famous now. He people like the devil emoji. <laughs> Oh, goodness. But nonetheless, Tyler, again, this was fun. I'm looking forward to it next week. So with that, for Tyler Sawa, my name's Tony Nabrowski. Thank you for listening. Go Tigers, baby.